Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Good evening, everyone. A very warm welcome to the festive edition of the Live Lounge with Phil Bars, Jack Cobby Garwood and Lee Boyce as we are going to talk everything about the World Championships. Christmas has officially started even in Gob's house. Gentlemen, good evening. Has it? <laughs> I don't think it has, well, mate. Shocking news is Gob doesn't own a Christmas jumper yet. Shocking behaviour. Until tomorrow. It's on delivery. It's on delivery. <laughs> not done enough, mate. Not done enough. You would have got to see it anyway. <laughs> I, I don't want to see um, you, but I put up with you every Monday. So it's part and parcel of it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good evening, everyone. That's how the chat room is already round. All the regulars are in. Rose, Juanita, Terence, Andrew, James, Tommy, welcome along. Um, Bill is in, Kieran, uh, Charlie is in, one of our own, hope you are well mate, um, Philip is in, hope you are good as well, Matthew, it's all good guys, Christmas is here, the World Championships is here, that's going to be a very large part of the show today, it could take us a while to get through everything to do with the, um, the William Hill World Dance Championship boys. Should hope so. You've called it the World Championship Preview Show. If it's not largely the World Championship, you've misled the five folks that are It's going to be interesting, and I can't wait. Alexandra Palace, Muswell Hill is on the horizon for us all. The build-up's been good. Controversial, I'm going to say, didn't enjoy the PDC Christmas advert. I think there's been better, yeah. Don't get me wrong, excellently produced, but I prefer it when they're Christmas themed as well. Hmm. Like when they borrowed Yeah, on the well well branded commercial adverts, shall we say. My favourite film of all time is Love Actually, and I'm not afraid to say it. So when they rip that one off, I'm all over it. 
no, I love the um, John Lewis trampoline one. Where Rod bundles Banksy out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. James, it's still there, mate. We've made him move the barrier over just a little bit. But if you look just on Bill's right ear, your left, you can still just see it. However, you can also see my amazing Christmas scenes. It's even better on the one we switched to in a minute. Both walls are our Christmas tree is up, as always. Um, but boys, first first reactions. Obviously, the the world's sixteen days of absolute carnage over the Christmas and New Year period. Are you ready? No. Are, are we ever ready? <laughs> <laughs> If I was going as a fan for one or two days, yeah, maybe. When we've got to cover it for God knows how long, go straight into the WDF and Q school and whatever else that that follows. No, not really. Am I ready? No. Am I going to be moving house during this period? Yes. Do I know how many days I'm going to be away from my current house to spend at home for Christmas? No. Like, no. Have we done our rota yet? Was I supposed to do it yesterday? Have I done it yet? No. Other than that, mate, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing and we're so prepared. You're making me sound very prepared just for Christmas in general, mate. With that list. He's got a bloody t-shirt and he's more prepared than I am. He's got that one. I can't see I've got the Home Alone Christmas jumper. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. But Henry's left a very good question. We'll come to that. He says he's put it in early. Just in case, because he's got a nip out. Great question, mate. We will come to that later on. Um, fuck, boys. Let me get in. Oh, everyone, pre-warn you in the chat room. You know what's coming. When we get to those points, I'm going to ask you for quarter winners. Semi-finalists, finalists, and winner. So make sure you are prepared in the chat room as well. Gob's just now frantically writing this all down. Dob, have you, have you, do you no, remember yours from last no, week? No, because I, that's what I'm trying to work out in my head. I'm not frantically writing anything <laughs> down. I'm trying to remember what I predicted because Luke forced me into making a prediction on instant reaction and Lee was a conscientious objector, part-timer. <laughs> um, and I've got to remember, A, what they were, and B, if I'm going to stick with them or if I'm going to change my mind, which I did say when I made those predictions, I may change my mind. They were just instant reactions then and there. I think there's definitely one quarter that I'm going to change. The other three, I think I'm pretty solid on. So, well, yeah, this is an image. yeah I remember the four now. I'm definitely changing one. Hopefully, that is an image we will not see again in relation to no fans in Alexandra Palace. As much as that middle walk-on looked the absolute dogs, let's hope we never see it again. I think that is a bit of a shame. I really, really liked the setup last year. Oh, don't get me wrong. The middle yeah. walk-on was amazing. I, I, I completely agree. But rattling round in there with no one in there wasn't pleasant. Yeah, but uh, there's part of it. I, I love the, the middle walk-on. The, the players, when they're waiting, sometimes just walking like half a mile back up the arena <laughs> just to wait till they missed the double and just... When Price walked off after he missed what his sixth or seventh match stars in the final, walking past the trophy, and looked at it. There's, there's part of it, like says, if there's a way that they could do it with that middle walk on. Uh, I certainly preferred that more than I did the the first night where they walked out from the side of the stage. 
Uh, but yeah, it's obviously it's more important to that fans back in the arena. Uh, yeah, well, to start. James makes a very good point as well. well. We'll touch on that later, mate. But yes, huge knock-on effect to that one. Um, right. We'll do put, bring this one up first of all because I'll, it's, I'll be nice to you and I'll put the bracket one up in a minute. But the schedule has been released, gents. I don't think there was there was any real doubt what days some people were going to play and and some people weren't. Um, the only thing, maybe, well, one thing I am a little bit surprised at, were you surprised they put Fallon on the same night as BBC Sports Personality of the Year? Yeah. I was surprised initially anyway to Fallon on Sunday night. Uh, I expected to on the Friday or the Saturday. Um, and probably expected her when you had a seed who was playing that night, not as big as Johnny Clayton to be on that night. Uh, but yeah, surprised to see you on the Sunday, but not not, in, not as much for the um, Clash Free Sports personality, more as I expect to see you on a Friday or Saturday. Yeah, that's a, it's a fair one. Um, but opening night, no, no doubt or no surprise that uh, the reigning champion, uh, Gathering Price, opens up. Boys, I think that was always set in stone. That didn't really surprise us. Got any any surprises for you in the schedule? I don't think so. I think it, it's pretty well spread out. You get one of the, you get virtually a big name in every evening session. Some of the afternoon sessions are obviously going to have less attention on them because they just don't get a crowd. They don't, they're not at the time to suit people watching from home as well. Um, open night is, is decent. Um, you get some, some pace in Ricky Evans, some entertainment. Lewis v. Matt Campbell should be a really good game. Um, I don't know, actually. I think this is part of the issue is coming in as defending champ is that you do have to play open at night because that player plays on the same night already. Before they changed the format a couple of years back and it was like best of seven legs or whatever it is, best of nine legs in the prelim yeah. round and then it was the best of three sets. The amount of seeds we lost for a couple of years in a row was ridiculous because those players that had just played that short format settled up on stage were actually coming into it in decent form. The fact that it's going to be over a few sets I'm not saying tiredness is going to take an issue when they potentially need to win nine legs, but to go and reproduce that a couple of um, hours later will be difficult. But if Richie Edhouse comes through, Lee Howell, when virtually unscathed, with the 180 power he's got, to play twice on one night and settle up there could be a test for going price on open at night. Yeah, look, I, I think it's a tricky little one for him to, to navigate. I, I'm completely with you that it's not the not, not the nicest of games for the defending champion for, for those reasons. Um, James, I know, yeah, Winnie has answered it for you. Yeah, but Gordon Mathers is next on the reserve list. Just just a quick one on that, boys. The fact that they published the next two reserves says to me they're expecting it. Yeah, I think there Last was, year, there was always a... They only published, I think, the, the one, was it? It, it certainly wasn't a list that. like we've had this year. Yeah, it wasn't no. a list like we've had this year. 
Um, I've got no issue with them publishing them. I think in this climate, you, you're going to expect somebody to miss out somewhere, just the way that the last 18 months or two years have been. The issue I've got is that that should be Pro Tour based. It shouldn't be one-off qualifier based. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, Dob. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. Um, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, back back to the, the schedule. Like we say, some, some interesting, some clashes, some interesting dynamics for, for Price. And it's the same for any, the Bangling Jam. <laughs> this is all about a one-off game. That you just have to win this one and then reset yourself for a new tournament in the, if you get to the third round because of the, the distance and time from when you play. Yeah, there's, what, 12 days, I think, between his first match and potentially second. Uh, it's a long time as what normal talent of that can be. Five, six events, potentially, if you've got Pro Tours and a weekend tournament, there could be a lot happening that time, so... It is just stumbling and faulting on that one game and sort of then getting ready for the... I'm assuming he's back on the 27th or will be back on the 27th, just playing on the first day. Um, so it's just... It's a big gap. It's a massive gap. For, but it's always been the same for the champion. It will be difficult. Uh, expecting, obviously, Ed has done through the first game. But uh, how well Derwin Proston plays, he's expected to come through that. But it is all focused on the one game and then sort of tournament really starts because of how quickly the game's then done from the 27th onwards. Here's one for you. If you were a international or European player in the current climate, if you win your opening stroke second round game, do you stay or do you go home in the current climate? Personally, what, what would you, you guys do? Stay. Stay. You've, for me, you, you've got to stay with it. With how fast things change um, in this country, with travel restrictions and bans and stuff, and with how much you've potentially put into debt to where you are this year, to then let to then let through your first and second game, and then take the risk of flying, for me would be very foolish, because uh, it can have a massive impact on uh, tour cards and the, the rest of. You know the knock-on of what you didn't do the following year. So for me, you have to say. Literally yeah, no, no. an hour ago, there's a matchroom event that starts tomorrow, the Moscone Cup Pool Tournament. One of their players has been ruled out because somebody on the same flight as them has tested positive for COVID, and they can't guarantee he hasn't got it in the time frame. So he's been ruled out. Why would you even take the risk right now? Five hundred K says stay. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's also there's also a part as well, and not just looking at the first and second round and staying over Christmas. It's also that in your preparation, right, and being in the UK, you know, sort of from this time onwards, and not coming over as late as, you know, next week if you're playing within a few days. Because how quickly things change, and like Dobbs just said, uh, we've seen a case in a different sport, and the time test quick enough, so it's not worth taking that risk for. For how much money, as uh, as Mace has alluded to, how much money is in this event? Why would you take the risk? Yeah, I think um, the problem is that for some of the qualifiers and the like, it, it is a bit of a difficult one. Look, I know there's seven and a half grand just for turning up, 
but to potentially, if they're working on whatever, not not all these are full-time pros, to get three, four weeks off as they possibly have to plan for would be a little bit different to the likes of Van Gerwen nipping back to Holland for four days. I'm not saying it's right, but Michael, Norm, well, he doesn't, but Michael normally drives there and back for the Worlds. Mm. Well, he certainly did last year because of this this issue. Um, so, yeah, look, that's, that's an option. Uh, Sean Dark says, what are your thoughts on Charles Losper withdrawing? I was looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, look, we, we were talking about this, this off-air. Um, we might as well cover it now before we get on to the, the draw and predictions and, and all that. Um, Mike Decker comes in, and it was no great surprise to any of us gents, was it, when all flights in and out of South Africa were um, suspended and everything like that. It was almost impossible for him to get over. Yeah, look, I think we, we've pretty much been expecting this outcome because of the current red list that South Africa finds itself on. But the, the problem is that even if you then try and go in via a different country or whatever, half of Africa is in the same situation. So that's a long commute up Africa as it is to then get across. And because he is a high profile, well, I say high profile, relative as a sports person, the British government is going to clock straight exactly where he's come from and whatever else as, as a sportsman trying to come in via that route because so much has been made of the fact that there's a South African coming over potentially coming over to play darts in the world championship. So the minute the draw was that they put that on there and everybody started putting two and two together, there was absolutely no way we were going to see Charles Lossberg in this, unfortunately. But there is a knock-on effect to this. With Mike the Decker now in the world championships, he dropped, he jumped back in to the 64. So officially now, Mickey Mansell has lost his tour card. Was 99% going to lose it anyway, but there was probably a set of results that meant he kept it. But he has now dropped out, and Mike the Decker is now back in those places. And as James says earlier, just that that one switch now puts huge pressure on Scott Waits, Max Hop, John Henderson, and potentially Willie Borland to keep their cards. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not right in that sense. Uh, but it, for me, it comes back to the reserve list. If then it, the reserve list shouldn't go on the qualifier, <coughs> it should go on, I don't know, where it be, you replace with someone else initially from that qualifier. And then if not, then it goes to the Pro Tour or, or America. Obviously, in this case, if you went to the second on that qualifier, probably would have the same issue. So then you'd move over to the or order of merit and you look at different routes and then if if Mike Dedetta was then on it from that way then I'd be more inclined to say that it's it's probably more fair than it just coming through on that one day's of action someone who's lost in the final day and has then come through just then on his ranking it just seems doesn't seem right but it's something that was set out and with the the potential of that happening and this might not be touch wood it is but this might not be the only case obviously with all the restrictions and travel that's going to be there so Hopefully, it's the only one. Yeah, a couple of questions on this in the chat room. Um, Sean says, what's the chances of John Henderson losing his card? It has now gone up percentage-wise that 
he's got more of a chance of losing it now, boys, than what he had 24 hours ago. Yeah, I st- I, the one I'm looking at is is Scott Waits because he the yeah. four of six players below him that have to win first round ties for for Scott to miss out. I think it is. And actually looking at those players and the draws that they have, Alan Suter is one of those. He's got Diego Portela. I think Suits is, is playing st- solid enough darts right now. Um, Van Barneveld is one of those. He's got Lawrence Lagan. Um, you expect Barney to win that, despite the fact that look, there's a lot of love that goes around from this channel for Lawrence Lagan and his action and his antics. But in terms of a dark player, Barney is significantly up there. Um, like Mike Tadeka's snuck in now. He's now in that conversation. We'll have to up his stage game compared to what we saw at the Grand Slam if he's going to beat Darius Labanowskis. But that's certainly no throwaway. Um, who else we got? Ryan Meikle, where's he? Fabian Schmutzler, 16-year-old. Haven't really seen what he, we've seen what he's capable of on a dev tour, but this is a completely different animal. Um, and Bradley Brooks playing, I think it's Willie Borland as well, um, who finds himself just further out as well. Like, there's not many of those that you see losing. If, if you were to no. do a March Madness and plan your bracket all the way through right now, yeah, it's, it, it, it really is point, a. It's an interesting battle and, and dynamic to that to that little race for the tour card, which has a has been changed massively in the last twenty four hours. Um, so that's that one, right? We're going to get into it. We've danced around it long enough, boys. There it is in draw bracket order. The draw for the William Hill World Darts Championship. And I know you guys did a tremendous job reacting to it last week. Have you had time to digest it anymore? And has your thoughts changed anymore since then? I just want to see the first quarter and that fourth quarter just dead underway. Some of the dames in there are just un- unreal. There's, there's not much change in my thoughts on the initial reaction, but... Uh, I was looking through just at the first round games and there's just so many belters within there early on um, that it is a very intriguing to see. Like I said, the, the big dames and the sort of the big ties early on are seem to be in that first and fourth quarter. Um, but there's plenty of opportunities then in the other two uh, that's going to make it very, very interesting. Yeah, oh, completely. Um for you anything changed initial reaction i don't think so i think there's still more excitement from me with the potential second round matchups that we've got than a lot of the first round there's still plenty of unknown entities in this for, for a pdc world championship it's not very often that you just get a player out of absolutely nowhere that we don't know an awful lot about but there are still a few of those dotted about in the draw as well so they will be interesting stories to follow along um there is possibly a few names in it that aren't the most pleasing on the eye etc but you know that's, that's just the way that a tournament of this size works yeah look there was some very easy afternoon games let's be brutally honest to to pick as they were coming out um <laughs> obviously everyone knows i was in newcastle last week and there were a lot of players going afternoon game 
half an hour in game as, as they were coming out. So, <laughs> um, but we'll go quarter one first of all. Just looking at the mess that quarter one is in. Gob, your initial reaction tie of quarter one and who comes out of it? As in the first round tie, or as in potential tie further along? Both. Ooh. Uh, I really like Ross Smithy, Jess Smith. I think they're two dark players that are very, very capable on their day. Jess Smith obviously has been on a big, big run in the BDO. Once upon a time, Ross Smith is playing some fantastic darts right now. I think they're both just going to get on with it. They're both just going to play darts at a good pace that will help each other. Um, so I really like that one. Later on, it's difficult to look past potential Johnny V. Gezi, maybe even slightly earlier. You look at that very, very top section, your Kim Hybrex girl in price, and Fallon Sherrick. We haven't mentioned an awful lot of her so far, and obviously the, the underlying thing here is that she probably needs to make the fourth round now, not the third round, if she's going to win a tour card outright. It depends on, on how the money falls. So, um, yeah, it would be quite interesting if that one plays out. But Steve Beaton, absolutely no mugs. Stephen Bunting, Dirk Van Dijvenbode are in that half of that draw as well. Um, without being disrespectful, I think Marcus Smith's going to be relatively unpushed until the fourth round. Um Willie O'Connor, Danny Lowry, Lisa, Ashton, Ron Moulinkamp, Glenn Durham. He's, he's dropped into a nice part of this, considering how stacked section one is. But then he will have to go through Johnny Clayton, potentially go in price. I mean, God knows who else in semi-finals and finals if Michael Smith is ever going to get that monkey off his back. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting first quarter that way. But you, Boise, quarter one? Uh, I have to think, I think Lisa will get a first win uh, at the Worlds. This year, I can see her beating Ron Merlinkamp. I think it'll be interesting. I think she can push him certainly all the way. Um, a game I'm looking forward to, and probably on the base as well as what Dobbs just mentioned. I think it might be fairly easy early on for Michael Smith to get through, and I think we, if he can get through with ease and no real, not really push that matchup with Johnny Clayton to then potentially meet Durbin Price in the port, it could be, could be a top, uh, a top uh, game at the Worlds. So, hopefully, we'll see him come through. I think uh, Clayton could be pushed as well in his. Potentially have Team Barry, Clemens, maybe. Um, so, it could be pushing his. But that Smith-Clayton potential meet-up in round four would be very interesting. I know I spent a bit of time with him this week. I'm really looking forward to watching Danny Lowe on that stage again. Because he is so good to watch. Quick, I... I think he's quicker than Ricky Evans as well, watching him. Possibly. There are there are definitely yeah. moments where he just gets rid of the darts so quickly, especially if that first one's in. But I think he suffers yeah. with the same issues that we've seen Ricky Evans and perhaps some of the other quicker players is that in full flow, Danny Lalby can take two, three legs away from you before you've even blinked. He is that quick. But it does yeah. mean there are the slightly erratic darts that then cost you your, your average of consistency and just give your opponent that extra chance. I think he just needs to take that extra moment sometime and, and drop that off. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Also in that quarter, looking forward to see Louis Williams um, potentially against Gabriel Clemens um, as well. I think that one's got a, got a little bit of 
little bit of something to it. And having spoken to Glenn last week, the interview will be out this week as well, by the way. I'm looking forward to seeing Glenn because he actually seemed in a real good place that he'd gone away. He's worked some stuff out, but it might not work. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Glenn and, and seeing how that is. Yeah, the, the thing is, throughout the year, obviously, we all know that the trouble is sort of had with his performance. There was parts, and the day I sort of look back to is his appearance at the match play. There was parts of that day where it looked like the, the Dame was there. Unfortunately, then he's dipped off of them. But especially in set play, there's going to be opportunities if you can find them little runs. Um, and I think more for anything, even if he doesn't come through or doesn't win on the board in the world, it's more about can we see you know a, a level of improvement from what we've seen from Glenn to then potentially push on into next year. Uh, so, yeah, one to watch. A lot of people uh, love Glenn. So, it, hopefully, we'll see a performance from him, if not the W. Yeah. Um, so, from quarter one, who is your quarter finalists, boys? For me, I think... Derwin Price gets the better of Michael Smith. I know I made him the mistake that I've probably done for most of the year in writing off Johnny Clayton, um, but his record at the world isn't great. And I just think that starts the tournament for Bully Boy. Um, Tud seen there over the line against Clayton, but then I expect Price to get the better of him. I, I, it's hard to see anyone getting, beating Price for me early on. So. Price beat Smith in quarter one. For you, Gob? Clayton beats Gezi. Mm. I've stuck with this one. <laughs> so the champ has gone. Yes. I am going... That could be a big if Gezi gets there, by the way. I just want, before you go, just because because he's got that such a big gap, do I have to come back in and potentially either play Fallon, which is going to have an awful lot of media attention on it, or Kim Hybrex, who is on his way back up, is going to take the game to him and, and be aggressive in the way that he has been over the last few months. That's not an easy one to come back into after, what is it, 12-day gap, did you say, Lee? Yeah, yes, from what's 15, 16? I can't remember the date it starts. 15th, isn't it? 15th, and he won't play then until the 27th, potentially. That Obviously, that draw hasn't been released. I'm assuming he'll be the 27th, playing on day one. That's my I'm going for Gezi to beat Michael Smith. It's Clayton. You both just knocked off the most informed player in the world. Yeah, and yeah. the reason the reason I have is, and I said the same last year. I know I know we went on to win it. Gezi's record at the world and um, Johnny's record at the world championships in set play concerns me. Johnny's record full stop concerned people before this year, and he's gone and won three TV titles, Philip. It's a different Johnny. Yeah. Careful, I'm not allowed to call somebody a different animal because I just get abused for that one, Christopher Tyson. <laughs> but 
the ferret is a different so animal that, this year. It's still a ferret, it's just set, gone steroids. Save that for section two, God. Different ferret animal. just on steroids. No, <laughs> 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 uh, no, I'm going Gezi to beat Michael Smith in the quarterfinals. Quarter two. I think Gob's going James Wade to be Christoph Ratajski. Hey, hey, this is my trip, BA. <laughs> what an impression. What an impression. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gob, standouts stand stand from quarter two then. Where would you like to go with your standouts? I'll let Lee go first, or he won't have anything to talk about all night. We need to alternate these quarters. <laughs> Uh, round one, um, the pick of round one for me has got to be Hempel versus Schindler. What a draw! What a draw! And not only that, to have, as I said last week, to have that Dane and then to have a number five seed as well as the winner. That is that is a great draw. Um, so looking forward to Hempel, Schindler, Dane. I'm looking forward to. Difficult one in this one. Um, probably Joe Pullen. I think that'll be difficult coming through potentially Everton Williams. But if Ethan go on to meet James Wade uh, in round four, it would be very interesting. We've seen how well uh, Tullen performed at the World last year uh, against MVG. Completely different than Swade as the Dame will be played at a different pace, but one that I look forward to in that section if they both come through. Gob, for you? Um, I'm struggling to see where the seeds are up against it in this part of the draw. Adam Hunt can play, so can Kirchmar, but I think Van der Voort's in, in decent form. Wadey is before the, the slam group said it a couple of times before that performance against Rob Cross in the group and then once again in the in the knockout was incredibly worried about James Wade and I know he doesn't have the best record at Ali Pali but you know this is a, a pretty nice draw without being disrespectful to, to anybody else um, Whitlock might have his hands full with Clear Macker because that's where I expect to come through that one Cullen that Jim Williams and, and Everts are both capable but Cullen produces his 95% of his game, I think he'll be okay. Um, Dimitri is possibly the one most up against it, I think, as a seed there. Because whoever comes through Hampel or Schindler, I expect them to give him a game. But if, if Dimmy of TV brilliance turns up, then he should be pretty comfortable. Devon, Jamie Hughes has been hit and miss. I think he's been injured for part of the year. Raymond Smith, steady, but I don't see him putting a lot of trouble on Devon. Rasma or Lennon potentially give Ratajski a game, but he is a different animal this year on TV, isn't he, Lee? My man. <laughs> and, uh, look, Ryan George potentially gives Mervyn King a decent game. That will be very, very... That'll be an interesting one, because that camera will just be constantly in the bottom left-hand corner of the board, because they both absolutely love the double-16 bed. Um... But yeah, look, <laughs> I hate to say it at this event, but I don't see 
James Wade not getting through this quarter. Uh, I respect your opinion, but you're incorrect. Yeah, I think so as well. I'm going to say it. Vincent van der Voort beats James Wade. No. Yeah, I, I don't say that as well, though, Phil. I think that's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> if Wade loses, it's to Ratajski or van der Berg. Again, you're you're wrong. Oh, he loses to Vincent Mandeville. See, I I think he loses to Joe. Um, look, I just think that there are more and more. Yes, Wade. If he if he plays half steady, he wins. I I agree with you, but there are more. And more low ninety averages creeping into tournaments for him. He throws in one every now and then. Yeah, I agree, but they picked back up again for the last two events, and that was the, that was the point. Like before the Grand Slam, I'm barely giving James the opportunity to get to the third round, let alone out of it. But at this point, he's been informed for the last two events. I I completely agree. But then, did he lose to? Who did he lose to? No, let me just look at James there. at the players. No, at. So yeah, he lost to Desi, and again, it was a ninety-four. After being before that, he played some really good stuff. I agree with you, but those low ones keep creeping in into big games. They Which do, but think, look, they keep keeping the games over. And I know James doesn't really favour this event, and he is more of a, a leg play player. But I just, I think he's got more bottle than anybody else in that quarter to go and pin a, a checkout when he needs it most in the set play at that point. For once, I actually think set play will suit him in that quarter because he'll just outlast everybody. He hasn't got to go and massively outscore everybody. He hasn't got to go take games away from people. He's got to pinch your leg, as James Wade does. He's got to be solid on his own throw. And then he's got to go and take out that mid-range ton checkout that he loves so much and just re-find his love of tops. If he gets anywhere near 35% on tops for the tournament, he's in the semifinals. So, yeah, I think Joe, that's the better of him because he finds a way. He'll demarch him in, in certain sets and he'll just... Doug says Wade's not a, a huge fan of the of the set plane. I just think Joe will get through that one. However, Dob, I have got your other boy to get to the quarterfinals. Um, and I think Merv Merv thumbs through that bottom part of section two. And I have Joe Tullin to meet Merv in 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 that quarter. Who wins? But not James Wade. Who wins that one, Boise, in your one? It's, I hate to say it, but I, I think Mervyn Tin makes the semi final. Are you about to play? For you. James Wade. Yeah, who's he, who's he playing? Oh, I beat Ratajski. And I just watch from behind a sofa. Wade beats that different animal on TV. Yeah. Let, let me desk. Let me desk. The round before Wade averages 105, and then Wade averages. Say 91. 
No, he just has one of them days where he's trying it a double because Ratajski's just got that in his locker. I'm going Joe Cullen to beat Ratajski. I can't believe I've said Merv. If Mervyn King goes and makes the semi-final, by the way, if you suddenly put Merv in the final, he'll have beaten potentially Ryan Joyce, Christoph Ratajski, Dimitri Vandenberg, I've got Wadey, you've got Cullen, then Gezi, and then you've got Mervyn King in a World Championship final. Yeah, believe it or not, Dove, he's not in my final. Who is an end to the road? Spoiler alert! He's got the number one seed getting to the final from the top half. <laughs> That's awfully bold um, of you. Like back in MVG for every event between 2015 and 2018. Well done. <laughs> um, quarter three. Golf. Standouts. Yes. Standouts. Where are they? What? What floats your boat in this one? The second round. <laughs> Paul in back. You cannot beat a bit of Paul in, especially at the Palace. Um, Willie Ball and Bradley Brooks is interesting. Two youngsters that are just going to absolutely go at it. The interesting subplot to it as well, um, given that if Bradley retains his tour card through the order of merit. Nathan Rafferty gets one from the development tour, which we worth two years instead of one for Bradley. And, and it's just a stupid situation. Um, yeah, if, if, if Bradley wins that game, Nathan Rafferty's got a tour card, basically. Yeah. I think there are potentially three seeds in trouble in this part of the draw, but I expect the rest to come through maybe four mm. I think Peter Wright will be comfortable because he's winning the world championship spoiler alert Hatter's got a tough one I think against Luke Woodhouse Ryan Searle will just be solid as will Danny Nopper Jose I expect to be pretty comfortable Mensor's up against it a little bit given that he's still petrified of darts after Fallon did him a new one again since he's been mentally <laughs> obliterated again. I'd love to see Paul Lim come through, but I think Nathan Aspinall... I think it'll be a difficult game for Nathan Aspinall because he is one that loves to get fired up and there is so many players on this tour that have so much respect for Paul Lim. I think he's one of them that you're going to be difficult to get yourself fired up against, but I still think Aspinall comes through. He's looked pretty sharp recently as Aspinall, one that's flying under the radar a bit and that underdog mentality suits Nathan Aspinall more than being heavy favourite, so he, he won't mind he is, sneaking under the radar well at all. Is, I've got a concern about Aspinall that, in my head, he was smothering Tiger Balm all over that arm. And did you see the pictures from the exhibition he did at the weekend? No. His arm was, shall we say, taped up to the max. I'm slightly concerned that there's an injury of some sort to Nathan Aspinall at the moment. Time will tell. Yeah, it's, it's just obviously at, at the players, he couldn't get enough Tiger Balm. And then I saw, he was in yeah. Scotland at the weekend, wasn't he? That there was literally yeah. a load of blue tape strapping on the arm. 
though he's Which... resting up ahead of it. I, I still think he's got yeah. enough for this round, for the second round. And then Callum versus Brendan Doan will be a really good game, I think. Especially now Brendan plays that a little bit quicker. If Brendan was still at slow pace, then I think there's a bit of an issue with that one. But yeah, Callum at a decent pace. Um, predictions for this one, though. I am going Peter Wright beats Jose de Souza in the quarterfinals. Boise, where are you going in quarter three? I'm, I'm, regarding the game I'm looking forward to in the quarter, I'm with Dog in the that bottom one. If London Bridge turns come through the first one with the form that Dolan's in, what we've seen from Bridge this year on the Pro Tour, I think that could be a uh, game of that quarter. Um, I've got exactly the same as Dob. I've got Wright and Jose um, with Wright coming through it. Interesting. I just, um, I just looking looking at that bottom. I just, it's, I don't see anyone beating right in this at this stage. And then looking at the bottom, I worry for mental with a knock on effect. Uh, be interesting to see if can come through that one because I expect him to play suitor, but we haven't seen the same suitor as we saw at the start of the season. And um, but if so, Ethan certainly push mental, depending on the asp injury. And then who comes through that Dolan and Reeds? I just see Jose coming through that one. And I'm sure you're going to disagree, BB. Um, look, I think, just, just looking at it, I think right potentially against Searle in the one before is an intriguing game. Um, I think right comes through it, but I think it will be close. Um, so I think right, it's that bottom cluster that is intriguing for me because, like you said, Diogo actually really surprised me on the live league last week. I wasn't sure those performances were there. I mean, a couple of mid nineties averages from him and, and everything like that. He he massively surprised me on the live league. Um, I, I think Suter beats him, but I think it's closer than what it was in my head a week ago. I think a week ago, before I saw Diogo play, I think Suma wins it comfortably. But now I think that's a little bit closer. I think Suter then beat Sulovic. I just think that... that and I know we've laughed in our group chat. If I'm either Diogo or Alan Suter, I'm walking out to Katy Perry last Friday night. I'm playing the ultimate mind games. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, yeah, or, or I'm at least, I mean, accidentally not putting my uh, my Bluetooth uh, wireless ones on and playing it out loud in the practice room just before we walk there. It's an absolute minimum that. if well, that's the case. You change your shirt and you wear a pink shirt against him or something like that. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's the bottom two games in that section that really intrigued me. One, if Nathan Aspinall's fit, I agree he's a huge danger, but only time will tell on that. How, how fit the ASP is. If, he, if he's 100% or in and around the 90-95% fit, I think Aspinall can make the quarterfinal against Peter Wright. But there are a lot of question marks for that to happen. Um, I really I like disagree. Callum. 
but the problem I've got with that is that if he's that what 14 days before not even 14 days what was it what we got nine I don't know 15 16 whatever the weekend was yeah. 12 I don't know someone did the math yeah. and he's that heavily strapped up even if he's okay to start the fact he's then got to go through four games to get to that quarterfinal would be an issue because these aren't pro yeah. tour races to sit these are oh yeah no slums. I, I agree that's why I said that there are lots of question marks by Nathan Aspinall and, and only he can tick them off. Um, yeah. I really like what I saw from, from Callum Ridge. It took a really good James Way to beat him. Um, Brendan Dolan getting to the semi-final. I am going to go quarter-final. Peter Wright will play Callum Ritz. Peter Wright wins. So we all have rise in the semis. So everyone now, do not back Peter Wright to win the world. So we've all just given him the kiss of death yeah. to get to the semi-final. I'm not kissing him. Now, <laughs> the absolute cluster of quarter four. Where the hell yeah, do we minutes. start with this? Minutes so you can finish that phrase. What's that? 12 minutes so you can finish that phrase. Yeah. I, I just want to see if I can finish it. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. The absolute clusterfuck of quarter four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a dream for us. It's a nightmare for every player who's in that section. No one's happy with that. No. Even if you've got a... A fairly nice draw early on. Tom third round, you're up against it. Whoever you are in that uh, section. It's an absolute nightmare, like says for the players. It's a dream for everyone who's tuning in for any of those games. Uh, some of them first round and then second and third are just absolute practice. To have a potential of like Cross and Barney in round two is just unreal. Uh same can be said of then stadium, Darry Anderson. So, and that's just picking out two of those potential draws. It's the round one down for me has to be Alada and Barney. I love seeing Lawrence play, and obviously coming up against Barney will be very interesting. Trying to pick what my favourite name in that quarter, the likelihood of them happening are slim. But one one that really I'm really looking forward to if it does get to it is Lou Humphries versus Dave Chisnell. I think the pace of that game could be very good. Uh, there's so many big names in there, but the pace of that will suit both players and we could have a, a classic between Chizzy and Humphreys. Uh, and once then, that's only round four. So we are absolutely in for a treat in this one. However, prediction-wise, I can't see MVG not coming through it. I just think the performance is got. It will take something of an of what we've seen last year to not see that through that quarter for me. Um, and I think he beats Rob Cross in the quarterfinals. But I would not be surprised. 
Top the bottom of that section, there's probably five of those names who took them through and play MVG. It's ridiculous. But MVG beats Cross. Standouts for you, Gob. Everything. It's just an unbelievable pattern draw. Um, <laughs> Eddie Lewis, Matt Campbell, obviously. Um, then running into Gary Anderson is an absolute stinker of a draw. Um, Ricky Evans will be entertaining as always. Obviously touched on Barney Alagan. That'll be class. Scotty Mitchell, not one to be taken lightly. And actually, if he does get through, Chris Landman, who was a bit of an unexpected qualifier through that European qualifier that he came through. Ian White is a nice little run. And then depends if you can catch the likes of Gary, AD or Matt Campbell. Cold. Um, Scott Mitchell, look, one world champion. Don't write him off at all. Long... You get him a chance to go over a longer format as well. And he can keep going at you and going at you and going at you. Um, top half, <laughs> Humphreys, Chisnell, Doby, they're all about there. Obviously, um, Rusty Jake versus Chris Doby, if that's the second round tie, if Rusty Jake comes through, Ben Robb should be a really, really good game. Um, played at a good pace in that one. As for predictions, this is the section where I am changing my mind from the reaction show last week with Luke. Um, I, I had Gary Anderson coming through this section. Um, I've come to my senses. Um, it's just an absolute bloodbath. Um, I want to touch on something Lee said a minute ago, though, and he said that if MVG is going to lose, it's going to take a performance like we saw last year. And he's in the section for that to happen. <laughs> I'm not quite sure who does it. But if, if it's going to happen, you look at the quality of players in a section. Dave Chisnell's done it to him before. Chris Dobie has thrown more ton-plus averages at people that have then dragged it back up at, with people following him in the last six months and pretty much everybody else on tour. I think he had the third highest average on tour for the season. He's, he's just been ridiculous. He's been knocked out by ridiculous performance at the same time. It's time for one of those to go his way, potentially. Humphreys, look, we've seen it at the UK Open. Chisnell did it to him last year. You've got the likes of Rob Cross in there. Barney, in that, if that ever gets that far, I'm not sure Barney goes that far. But because of that, I'm going to say that Rob Cross beats Luke Humphreys in the quarterfinals. I think Dobie accounts for Michael Van Gerwen, but fails to back it up. I think Humphreys will beat Dobie, and Rob Cross will all of them to come through that quarterfinal. I agree with Hump, this is worrying, that though at the Players' Championships, the game he lost, wasn't it something stupid? That didn't he 11 180s in 10 legs or something? The stat was... Yes, Phil. No, it was 10 180s. Thank you. 10 180s. I don't know something absolutely yeah. horrific. I've, I've, just really I've just remembered why Dobbs reaction is like that now. <laughs> I, I, I actually agree that I think if Van Gerwen gets beaten, I say if, it is Chris Dobie that beats him. I fully agree with you there. Um, that this this year, Dave Chisnell is going in with absolutely no form whatsoever for me at the moment. Um, yeah. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he got beaten by Labanowskis or the Decker. Yeah. Um, I think Darius comes through. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, I Then again, I we'll probably see Chisel average a ton and 
God knows elsewhere. And then it'll be the round after where he drops off to an 86 or whatever that is usually Dave Chisnell's yeah. act. I think, right, Gary Anderson. After the slam, I thought there were signs. Even though he lost, he put in two good performances. MVG upset him. He got the big cheese on, as he as he calls it. Lost, but played well. And then I was so disappointed at the Players' Championships. Because without being horrible, he was dross. Absolute dross. Bunting should have beaten him. I've still got no idea how Stephen Bunting lost that game. Um, and then next round, he was absolutely no better. So, I think the winner of Campbell-Lewis takes care of Anderson. Last year's finalist falls in round two at the first hurdle for him. I think Lewis beat Campbell. I don't know. That game is all on Adrian what? Lewis. All on Lewis. If Lewis is well, on, this time he wins. We... Yeah, this this time last week, I would have said A.D. AD Lewis and I would have been fairly certain. What tumbled on last week, I think there's, there's, there's worries after how he performed at the slam. I think I think Tambled and pushing, but I still expect Lewis to come through it. Yeah, I, I yeah. think Lewis edges Campbell in a tight game. And then for me, the, that game, Anderson-Lewis, it's just the pace, it's just made for Lewis. And I think he's playing better than Gary Anderson right now. But I think the big moments are made for Gary still. And, and that's why when we did the reaction show last week, I looked at it and thought, actually, if you want to be in either half of this draw in this section four, you've got the first four and the bottom four. I think Gary is probably a little bit better place than if he was in that top section. I wouldn't really want to be running into Dobie, Chisnell, Humphrey. I think you could possibly target Chisnell, but you'd much rather be targeting Ian White potentially or Mitchell or Lambman, and even then you'd expect Gary Anderson to come through those. And if you give him two, three games to get going, and is without being respectful, if, if he comes through Lewis, who's only won one TV game in God knows how long, beats Ian White or Scott Mitchell, and then his first real test is Cross or Gurney potentially in the fourth round. Um, then he's had a chance to get himself going. And we all know how much Gary Anderson needs matches to get himself going. And I sat here and I've, I've argued quite a lot this year about just how poor Gary Anderson was last year in making the match play final and in making the World Championship final. But actually, they weren't that bad performances. Or stats on paper, he had a pretty good tournament. He didn't quite produce the glistening moments and he perhaps let too many sets slide last year that made games closer than they should have been. But actually, numbers-wise, Gary did pretty much everything you need him or want him to. And that's why I think I went for him last week. I'm, I'm changing my mind. Obviously, I'm going Rob Cross. I just think that just an absolute threat right now. Yeah. He's just uh, so solid, so persistent. You've got breaking down over potentially four, seven sets. It's just not going to happen, I don't think. I think, I think Mitchell takes care of White. I think Cross takes care of Barney, and I think Gurney takes care of um, Evans or Kumar. I, I liked what I saw from Gurney the weekend at the players. There was enough signs that at least he's looking better. Um, but back to the original one, I am going 
quarter-final will be a repeat of the European Championship final. But different result. I'm going MBG to beat Rob Cross. So, from our extensive look at it, not, um, semi-finalists are in. So, from your predictions, boys, what's, the, what's your final and who wins? My final hasn't changed. So I'll give Leah a little bit more thinking time. I think Peter Wright beats Johnny Clayton in the World Championship final. So from semi-final one, obviously, I said Price comes through against Mervyn King. Um, bottom semi-final. I'm with Dob that Peter Wright is in the final against a Welshman. However... Yeah, I'm, I think he wins it. I think he beats Derwin Price. I think he beats Derwin Price in the final. I'm going to do Peter Wright. Sorry, Dob. <laughs> Never ends well if I've done the same as you, but... I think Wright wins it. Before PB tells us going to back Michael Van Gerwen to win the World Championship, there have been moments in the last year, especially in the gap between the World Match player now, where Peter Wright had absolutely no hope. But he's, last couple of events, played the players with the same darts pretty much all the way through. It seems like he's in a better place mentally as well. He's done a couple of interviews where he's just said, I don't want to be there, or I didn't want to be there. And I just went through the motions. And he's, he's kept just accumulating that prize money, sticking in it. But actually, he seems focused. He seems ready to go. And he seems to have worked out over the fact he's just been pushed around a bit on stage for the last couple of weeks that those set of darts that he won the match play with are going to be the ones to potentially take him to another world title. Do you, do you honestly think from the end of November through the whole of December and into the first few days of January that Peter Rhodes is just going to use one set of darts? Because no. that's probably been the claim than anything else you've said in any draw in any match. That Peter Wright will, will have the same data across three months of action. Although he won the players, he dodged a couple of bullets in there. It wasn't the glittering right that won the match play. Uh, early on, he, he dodged, dodged, dodged every single round the year he won the World Championship. It's not unheard of. No, no, no I'm not saying it's not, but I, I'm, I'm not convinced Wright is in that glittering match play form I think what helps him and why I'm swayed that way is just he's not coming in the best of form performance wise I think last week I touched upon him being like the lowest average for anyone to win the players championship he had like 92 so it wasn't outstanding darts throughout the weekend however the section is in allows him opportunity to grow into the tournament and, and I think that's going to be big for Peter. I think can't see him having issues until, or real concerns until he comes up against Ryan Searle or Noppy. Because if Noppy can find what we've seen part this year, can certainly push him. But I think 
those sort of games under that format, I expect I struggle to see a scenario we're not in a semi-final. Once he's there, we just know that confidence and that persona on stage, depending who he's up against, if let's say he's price in the final, there's only going to be one person who's going to be supported on that night or mainly supported on that night. Uh, and it will certainly help him grow into that game. So it's not m- as much as Peter Wright on the four, even though he's just won the players. It's more on what he can do and how he can grow into it, how the draws do not allow him to do that. And the thing is, Phil, the one thing that you've been saying for a couple of weeks now, and, and so has Jar, to be fair, is that set play is going to suit Michael Van Gerwen. I think for the same reasons, it's going to help Peter Wright here because he can switch off. But you look at that performance yeah. he did against Michael Smith in particular, where from 12-8 down, he just absolutely demolished him. If he turns that on for two sets, he turns a match around completely. And every time his opponent gets close to something, you knock him straight back down again, you keep accumulating on your score, etc. He's just got that ability to go mental at any point. And I think that's, with the opportunity to grow into the tournament as well, that will be why I'm vaccinated by to win the World Championship. I'm just just looking at the, the players' championships. And he only played well twice. I know he's won it, so I'm not taking it away from him, but if he puts in some of these performances, like Hetta only averaged 93, Lewis 94, I think he gets beat. Gerwin Price played well for the back end of the Daryl Gurney game last year and on the doubles for the semis and the final. It happens. Oh, you know, it does. I'm not, not arguing that. But I, I'm i not sure Wright's in the best headspace right now, even when he won the players. You could see him. He wasn't happy on stage. And that reaction to being booed, he's never experienced it like that before. Obviously, when we were there, he was genuine. Normally, Wright's the fans' favourite. They genuinely, it was boos of anger at him. It wasn't Panama boos. It was Gezi-type boos in Scotland that he was getting. But I'd be surprised if they're back for the Worlds. I don't see a, a draw or a dame where there's going to be the identity. I.e., like we've spoke about, if Desi plays Fallon in round three, what, 99% of that fan base is going to be for Fallon. Um, I don't see a draw where that would happen for Peter Rice, and then he soon becomes a fan's favourite. And, and that probably comes from the first match, depending on what Atari decides to dress up in like we saw last year. Um, it'll oh, soon yeah, then back on side. It, it, it'll, I'm sure he'll have that mindset. What, yeah, but he'll, he'll have that mindset. I think I think the gap, obviously, between the players and the worlds allows him to go away and prepare in that in that way, and he'll have something ready that will soon have the fans back on side in that in that opening game that he's got. But the I mean, if he plays, be... if he were to play Schmutzler and then Hetter, he'd play a German at Ali Pali, which don't get me wrong, the Germans travel well, but the English crowd are going to give it some. And then he'd play an Aussie yeah, yeah. in the middle of the ashes. He's 100% going to be crowd favourite for that one too. My final is, for me, the dream final. It will be Gerwin Price taking on Michael Van Gogh. However, the Iceman goes back to back. Gezi Price is a back to back two times world champion. Have you just said the first name Michael on that? 
He said Derwin instead. No. Gezi is back to back. Have you tried a tip? What's that? Did you fall out in Newcastle? No. I just think that. Sure. Gezi wins. I was going to say before this, there was more chance of Charles playing in the World Championships than you pitting someone other than Michael to win the Worlds, and they've already released that Charles is not playing in it. <laughs> and now you've done with Derwin. <laughs> Very surprised. Shock, Lee gets yeah. the prediction wrong. That means Peter Wright's getting nowhere near. <laughs> right? But I, I, have, I have edged my bets, and everyone knows, I did this weeks ago, I have got Michael to win it at 7-1 to one, because the price was too big. Um, but I, I just think that, I think Gezi will be switched on uh mace is going price anderson final again could you imagine scenes part, part of me genuinely regrets moving away from gary after backing him before that that bottom section he's just got a knack of coming through any but weekly darts cast you guys have got it right it is james wade's time please I'm, sorry, I'm guessing it. I'm guessing it's um, Lau. And I, unfortunately, I, I can't agree with you, and I hope James loses to Mike Clivenhoven. <laughs> Get out, Phil. Screwed. Screwed my Christmas. Yeah, well, I'm oh. still regretting picking Milton Keynes for the semi-final. To be honest. <laughs> Uh, Tim, Tim, we, uh, Tim, we be on Live Lounge Plus one last start then. Surely it was about an hour ago. <laughs> 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 Live Lounge Plus one. <laughs> Live Lounge Plus one. Oh, that's a good one. That's what, to be fair though, that's what we used to say to Man United fans. Top over to ITV Plus one and you're still, you're still winning. Is it this a dark show? Even though we've won our last two games, it's a dark show. <laughs> I'm a bit happier this week. Right, chat room. Oh, there. Who wins the 2022 William Hill World Darts Championship? Let us know. Um, we'll go through some of the comments before we tidy up on the worlds. But I can't wait, boys. Genuinely, Christmas is here. The World Championships is here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There's just some, not- some of those ties early on, God says this. The sections we've touched upon in um, one and four, and then I'm saying one and four, and then I've pit- predicted the name of round ones in section two. It just sort of the draw worked out very well. The, the ties we've got throughout it just set it up beautifully, and I can't right. wait. Here you go. I'm gonna, I'm, I love I'm the world championships of. I'm going to be a bit free. On, mate. After your wild predictions, does it change your mind on who the ten will be? You know what ten. Lee's just put Mervyn King in the Premier League. <laughs> I, I did not. Right, mate. If he gets the World Semi-Final, he's in. Yeah. If 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 he, if he wins the World Championship, he still won't be in my ten. So I won't worry about that. Though. Genuinely, <laughs> if Mervyn King makes a semi-final, I've still got more chance of shitting in the Queen's bed than he has of playing in the Premier League. Poor Liz. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. Rule number one would come in. There would be a complete restructure of rules. We've um, 
PB, in relation to your question, is it worth next week? Obviously, that'll be... Uh, oh, yeah, don't, don't worry, next week it's on the, the agenda. Year. Don't worry, it's on the agenda for next week, boys. You've asked, does Martin change because of the semi-finals? Martin changes most days. So I've got about 14 names. There is only like five of those for one spot. There is eight or nine that are guaranteed. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it does. It doesn't change for me in regards to Marpitz because three of the four will be in the Premier League. Obviously, in MVG, Royton, Durbin Price and Mervyn Tindet into the semi-final doesn't mean he's in the Premier League. Final, yes. Semi-final, nope. I still don't think a final would be enough for King. Genuinely don't. Well, a final might not be enough for Ting, but a third round for someone else might mean they're in. So that's what the I Premier think, League offers are there. To, to be fair, round three is irrelevant. Can't lose round one. I refuse to, I refuse to be drawn in on this. There's too many Can't people lose round one. in higher places that are giving out too many signals for me. Too many people are talking about it. I think it's done. I can't lose round one for me. I understand why. I totally understand why, but and it's a difficult round one as well. Uh, if Beaton can find it any form, but if it doesn't get through that one, then it becomes a bit more difficult. Well, Mesa's. Mace has put his in. Mace is Premier League 10. Price, Wright, MVG, Wade, DeSalza, Anderson, Clayton, Cross, Searle, Sherrick. Go on, then. <laughs> I'm just <Sorry>. <laughs> Go on, go on, right now, before before we move on, what's your 10 right now? Do another 10 right now. Mervyn King. <laughs> James Wade. I'm, I'm just doing Please a 10 to piss off yeah. this is This is the dream 10, right? I watch Phil struggle to interview every single one of them every single week. James Wade, number one. Gary Anderson, who just wants to play Michael Smith, Byron Shorts, and Peter, number three. Dobbs, 10 is live on PDC TV and not on Sky Sports at 7 o'clock, by the way. Christoph Ratoski, because he's a different animal. Mervyn King. We'll stick Dolan in there. Can't beat a bit of Dolan. Uh, I don't know. Doby. Ross Smith, Kim Hybrex to stir the pot a bit. Have I said 10 yet? To be fair, I genuinely think there's only one spot up for grabs. I, I genuinely think nine are easy to pick right now. Do you? Top four. The, 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 the top four, unfortunately, I think Grumpy is going to be in the top four at the end of the world. Mate, oh. Can we stop privileging things with unfortunately? He's earned it. Well, no, it's unfortunate. I'm not going to lie. He's an absolute ass to interview. I'm not even hiding the facts anymore. 
Don't be I mad. Be on about job. PB, I thought he was on about Dob then, not James Wade. <laughs> right. So, genuinely, the, 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 and this isn't with my biased head or anything like this now, I think nine of them... Michael Smith's in. Michael Smith's in. No, no, he's not. I think nine are easy to call. <laughs> so, you've got Price, MVG, Wright and Wade as the top four. Done. Locked. Cross will be in because he won the European Championship. So I'd be amazed if he wasn't in. Clayton, defending champion, won everything else Don't this year. Won what? Clayton? Cross. Oh, Cross. Oh, look, would I have him in? No. But he's, he's won the I think he's playing a lot better than he did last year, but he, he didn't have a great year last year. But I 100% think if you get relegated, you should be in the next year. And I know he's turned he's his form around. He's in. To me, Dimmy ticks every box that the PDC love. Young, bilingual, does all the media. I, I think Dimmy is an absolute sir. Unless he's injured. Yeah. Then, Fallon, I think she's in. I think it's done. Controversially, this next one, would I have him in? No. But I think Ando's in. Depends on his worlds for me. Lose his first round to A.D. Lewis. I think he's struggling. If he was managed by anyone else, I'd say yes. Mm. Would that be horrible? I know we say a lot, but when you're when your manager, is Barry's best mate. I think he's in. I think Tando's in. Yeah, I, I do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him in, but I, I think he's in. I think those nine are fairly easy. I think there's one up for grabs. Did, didn't you have Jose in your nine? No. I think he's Last one news. of the ones in and around the, 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 the talking point. See ya. I've got nine and I've got Jose in moment nine. I haven't got Fallon in, but Fallon jumps straight in as soon as he wins. I think she's got to win one. I think she's got to get through at least round one. And for that, she's not in the nine guarantees. But I think there's there's players in there who are not in the reckoning. However, like we've, a lot of us have spoke about someone like Michael Smith getting to quarters. If that goes further to, say, a final... That then puts him in the mix, but I'm with you in with eight of those. I just think Jose's in there as a cert over Fallon, but that changes very quickly if she wins one. Um, uh, yeah, Sky, Sky, well, they're not actual Sky picks, but yeah, Sky have influence on two picks. I think, I think the PDC will still have the ultimate say, but Sky have an input. Um, Chris says, um, Grando definitely in. Yeah, look, absolutely. I, I wouldn't have him in, but I think he is. Um, Daniel says, um, would you have Ryan Sell? No, not for me, mate. Doesn't Lovely guy, good player, doesn't tick the Premier League boxes. <clears throat> um, everyone asking I, about I Jose. Don't No, I don't. I think Jose's in contention for that 10th spot, but I don't think he's nailed on. Yeah. 
I'm with Dob in regards to the person that's relegated should be out. I'm also I also think if you get to the final, you should be in the following year. Yeah, I don't disagree, and they've got a precedent of doing it. Nathan Aspinall, obviously, but we know how much that they potentially didn't want Jose last year. Yeah, I think there's only so, six in right now. Belfry. Um, I think there's six says, in right now. I think there's another six potentially competing for it, and I think there's five massive outsiders that need to do something at the world, but would cause a big shock and potentially going in. Um, yeah, Rose. It's, um, the Fallon thing is just commercially, she is the most famous dart player on the planet right now, and it is just gold. For the PDC to have her in. Um, that got the chat room going, didn't it? That was good. Bill has absolutely nailed it. What's that? Price, right, MVG and Wade, the top four. Cross and Clayton for winning a major. They're the six that are 100% in for me right now. Oh, Demi's in. Do you think... Do do yeah. you think... I'm, I'm not... That there's, a, there's an opportunity they'll look at the Masters event and only announce eight, maybe nine. For one spot, maybe. Especially well, it's with not the masters, I think well. that's open. I think the issue is the fact that last year the Premier League was delayed, which gave them the opportunity. With the mask with the Premier League this year, it literally you've got the final of the Masters on the Sunday, the Premier League starts on the Thursday. That gives them hardly any time to get branding, programmed, graphics. Everything done, we, which is why I'm do you personally the, I loved it because it made the Masters relevant. I, I, I genuinely loved that spot being open for the Masters. It wasn't officially ever announced that the winner of that was going to get it though, but no. because of the, the way that the Masters played out, at the same time, would Mervyn King have been picked for the Premier League if he'd won the Masters at that point? I know that the interviews afterwards have stated that the calls went round that the minute that was the final, that was a decision made, but I'm still not a hundred percent convinced by it um yeah that is um just a couple i think aspen Dimmy are in the same position this year in that they're not carrying great form and have both had injuries throughout the year but Dimmy ticks a lot of the marketing boxes for rotterdam berlin um just a quick couple because they are good points um i'm guessing it's loud and James says about Fallon not having a tour card. We checked with Dave Allen, the, the godfather of PDC rules, and he read the rule out. To be select or to be considered for selection for the Premier League, you do not have to have a tour card. You only need to be a PDPA member. That rule about having to have a tour card to be in the Premier League is a myth. Doesn't exist. As long as you are a PDPA member, you can be considered for the Premier League. I'm not denying that that rule is written in the way that 
whatever suits the PDC. But at that point, every line they've fed us over the last couple of years about it being a meritocracy, and if you're one of the one, two, eight, you can achieve anything, completely goes out the window for somebody else's coin in their back pocket. And, and that's where I've got an issue because, look, Fallon is extremely marketable right now. You cannot deny that at all. But the minute they announced Fallon Sherrick for this Premier League without a tour card or without being top 16 or, or achieving what the other players in the field have done in terms of tournament wins, etc. What's the I'm point of the World Series? I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm denying that, but at that point, what the hell the is the point of the World Series? Because you're basically saying the Premier League is a, is a market and exercise. Well, so is the World Series. The whole point of the World Series is out there to actively grow the game. The Premier League is just travelling circus to get it on TV every week. It's become a ridiculous monster. Um, I just Whilst we're talking on that, um, Andrew, is that on their Twitter? Um, Andrew said the WDF have formally announced that Fallon won't be playing at Lakeside. Um, she has declined her invitation. It's on their website. Is it on the website? WDF World number three, Fallon Sherrick of New Zealand Regional Ranking number one, Wendy Harper have declined their invitations. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say I, I didn't know, but now it's official, then yeah, she's not going to Lakeside. <laughs> um, Marcus, yeah, Barry did say that, but that rule has never existed. Barry got it wrong. Barry doesn't get it wrong. Barry makes the bloody rules, Hill. So don't give me that. At that point, that was how he felt. Now he's changing his mind because it's worth more money. Yeah. <laughs> There's no getting it wrong. Barry Hearn doesn't get things wrong. You can walk into a room with Barry Hearn with, with the world rank number 72 and he will tell you exactly where they are, how much money they've earned, and God knows elsewhere. The man's an absolute anorak and knows every single thing that goes on inside any of his sports. And again... Seen him do it with with Fallon not playing at Lakeside now as well. There's obviously a reason for that. Hughes score Premier League. I mean, a little bit young for the World Seniors. A little bit young for the World Seniors, isn't she? If there's a way. Don't worry, we'll do a Harry Redknapp. We'll get we'll get a dodgy. Passport and birth certificate. Um, but that wraps up the um, talk around the PDC um, World Championship. There was another one at the weekend. Um, now, trying to get stuff on screen for this was difficult. I don't know who does the WDF Twitter, but it winds me up. They only put half the stuff up there, so I couldn't crop half of it. So we'll, we'll go back to the original screen whilst we talk about this um but boys the wdf um qualifiers were done at the weekend in lakeside and in holland um some some big names turned up to the qualifiers and some some good darts thrown and I'm quite pleased that um, the logo will be on show. Jared Cole and Johnny Haynes coming through the qualifier for the men. From the UK one, yeah. Mario van den Bogard are making it way back 
as well. He had a decent run at the 0-2, I believe. And Ryan DeVried as well, the other men ones. Um, you know, Jared, Jared Cole is a fantastic dart player. He's been playing some very, very good darts. In the Live League, obviously, is the mad title holder as well. Um, fantastic young talent has won a challenge tour before, I believe, as well as doing bits on the dev tour. Um, it's got a very, very high ceiling, Jared. One that yeah. perhaps he doesn't hit as often as he would like. Um, but fantastic player. And I actually think with, with Jared's inclusion, looking at the rest of the tour or the qualifiers and the players that are in it and looking at there's no likes of Fitton and um, O'Shea, etc. Brian Romans a WDF number one. I genuinely think this could be the youngest ever average age out of world championship. Yeah, it's going to be up there. You've got Luke Especially... Littler in there, which obviously brings the age straight back down. Cameron Menzies is not exactly ancient. Um, Shrikal Roman, Wayne Warren and Ross Montgomery are probably the two standout senior elder statesmen in there. Martin Adams. And Adams, obviously. You look at some of the players that qualified as well. Dave Parletti, Connor Scott, Ben Hazel. Yes, mate. Absolutely right. And with there, the interesting one for me, and look, this is a $64,000 million question. Cameron Menzies can hook it up. He is a huge danger. We've seen that. His ceiling is arguably one of the highest in the tournament. Don't get me yeah. wrong. There is no B game whatsoever with Menzies. It is all or nothing. But if it's all, he could take some stopping. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still it's struggling to understand. Oh, don't, yeah, don't. I, I, I know that. <laughs> He's put it on his Twitter now, so it, it's out there. I had to rescue him from Southampton because he got lost leaving his hotel with no phone. So I'm driving around Southampton trying to find Cameron Menzies. Forget Home Alone, lost in New York. It was Menzies lost in Southampton. Yeah, he was so good to watch on Saturday night. I just still can't work out how he didn't get through. Just, there were parts yeah. of that were just, some of his performance were just top, top quality and you want to see, but as you said, it's a game or nothing, uh, yeah, but he's, he's going to be he's going to be fun to watch. He's certainly going to be fun um, to watch. Weekly darts cast makes a good point, and this reminds me very much of that last fated BDO World Championship when the sixteen players tried to wear WDF patch, not um, WDC patches onto the stage, and Ollie Croft cut them off. Would the WDF let Jared Cole bring his mad belt to the stage on the walk-off, do you think? That's the way he would. That's what I was asking. Do you, do you think they would? That's what I was asking. I don't, I don't think like Jared would. Why not? Why not? It doesn't strike me as the confrontational type. It'd, it'd, be, good, it'd be very weird... It'd be very weird if then you saw, I can't remember ever seeing anything in any sport, someone losing and then walking off with a belt up. 
Does it still going to be his belt if he was to lose in round one? Yeah. It's not up to grabs. It's from an organisation that are also running a world championship in three, four months afterwards. That actually, he's not qualified for yet. He's got a belt. He doesn't have a spot at that world championship. He has no allegiance to them other than the fact they're earning him some money on the side with a few title defences. I don't see it. Okay, then. Do you introduce him? It's not, it's not exactly going to be Coca-Cola dressing up models in a crowd in a football tournament sponsored by Pepsi, is it? It's not, it's not about to be some crash marketing exercise by Steve Brown. No. I'd do it. 100% I'd do it if I was him. Um, so, then, the ladies' event. Congratulations to Rianne O'Sullivan beating um, Robin Byrne in the final. She survived a few bullets in in this one. Um, but Rianne O'Sullivan, the Welsh international. We saw a lot of Robin Byrne on the ladies' stream, didn't we, Gob? Excuse me. It's a lot of both of them. Peter yeah. O'Sullivan is in the chat room as well. Hello, buddy. You stayed with us through the women's series. And look, yeah. Before the women's series started this year, the only thing I knew about Rihanna O'Sullivan was the fact that heading into the first weekend, she had the top average in the county system from the opening weekend. I knew a lot more about her now because she's taken out some top-class players. And look, she's one that the rest of the group will be wanting to avoid, especially the likes that have qualified through the regional title. I, I'm not 100% sure how this draw works, but... Look, she's there and she can definitely go and give a few of these a run for their money. You think, when Corinne Hammond went and made the final, nobody really knew an awful lot about her at that point. I think Rano Sullivan is in a similar position, a little bit more well-known because of the exposure of the women's series, but she can definitely go and spring a couple of finals. You think, there's no Fallon there. Nakuru is there. There's no Lisa there. This is possibly the most open women's... World Championship, Makuri's we've seen in a long, long time. Makuri's there. Yeah. No Lisa, no Fallon, no. And look, Makuri yeah. showed it sometimes, but there were still averages that were beatable when we saw a winning series. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, moving on to the boys qualifier from Lakeside, it was Charlie Large and Leighton Bennett. Leighton's now the huge favourite to, to lift the boys' title. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, be interested to see him back on that, uh, potentially in preparation for... Didn't he do Q school next year? No. Right, isn't it? No, this, is, this will be his first attempt at Q school this year. Right, okay. Yeah, so perfect preparation for him. Does that does that final clash? Yes. With day one. Yes. So will that mean that Lightning will have a potential decision to make, or just though from day two onwards? He has a decision to make, I think. But the fact he's played in the qualifier suggests to me that he's going to miss day one. And. But once then he's a risk, depending on touch wood, it doesn't happen. But depending on what rules and that are in place, hopefully it doesn't go down that route in this country with testing and stuff for them before events. But it could have an impact. I could do, yeah. Um, 
he's only got to make it for one day though, any, and then he can play a challenge tour, and he's now old enough for the development tour as well. So I think well, yeah. fantastic yeah. for him. I just think it's a little bit early. I think I'd say that with pretty much everybody. First year, use use the development tour for what it's for. Make that extra step. Let the JDC do a fantastic job, and he's he's been fantastic over there. But there's without being disrespectful, there are four, maybe five players that can push Leighton in that setup. When he's really at it, there are tenfold that on the development tour that can go at Leighton that have got that little bit more experience, that have got that little bit of know-how of being in that slightly more grown-up environment as well and that just aren't afraid when Leighton Bennett gives you some to give them some back. Yeah. Um, and in the girls, it was Eleanor Kens who beat... Um, Lauren, I can't remember if it's Lauren someone I've got up because I've moved screens but then moving over to Holland was an interesting one boys um, first of all the men's it was Mario um, van der Bodengaard who almost didn't realise that he had to qualify almost uh, a schoolboy error from the semi-finalists at the Indigo and Ryan DeVries, two two players that we've seen and, and know enough about and wasn't a surprise that they came through, boys. Two quality performers. Mario showed what he's capable of at the O2 a couple of years back, so it's good to see him back there as well. Um, the one thing we haven't mentioned, by the way, at this point is that Someone didn't have to go through the qualifier last minute. He was in the chat room earlier on today. Yes. Um, Matt. And he, he messaged me on Saturday night, said, get in, I'm there, but please don't say anything until it's announced tomorrow. <laughs> I was biting my tongue. Yeah, massive congratulations to, to Shorty Matt. And I just hope he doesn't play on the first three days so I can go. Yeah, no problem. If he plays on the first three days, then still in the Big Brother house. Um, from the very good question, Peter. What's the does Rianne enter Q school at second stage because of how she qualified when the BDC gave eight free entries to the top of the ladies? No. Students? I believe it was just three entries, but they come in at stage one. Okay. I believe that's what was said. Um, uh, Sean, you need to pull your finger out there and make sure you win round one. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, because I'll be there from the 4th, somewhere in the afternoon. Um, yes. I know. That, that was one thing. Season... We actually managed to sort out earlier, Phil. What's that? That was one thing we actually managed to sort out between us earlier. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that I'm, that I, I will be at Lakeside from the 4th. We're just sorting out the, um, the, the early part. Yeah, did I see it? Sure knows, just for me. Absolutely. No, here we are, mate, pulling your, pulling your leg. Um, but we will be covering it as well. Not sure how, but we will. We always pull these things out of the bag. A week in darts as well. The live league last week, 
Oh my days, boys. How good was that? What happens when international restrictions end? We can just bring in a wrath of talent from all over the world that have been itching to get involved. Oh, unreal. And to be fair to him, after the first two days, I didn't know a lot about him. And I thought, hmm, not sure. But Thibaut Tricold, since Thursday onwards, has been unbelievable. Yeah, it, one, it was one. Go on, Dob. Go on, boys. Frenchman, and we don't really have Frenchmen in darts. So the fact he's been performing at a decent level in the in the BDO or WDF system for the last couple of years, um, yeah, he's another one with lots of potential if he can play more consistently and turn it into a career, I guess. Yeah, look, and he's, he, the more he plays, the, the better he's getting. As May said, was class today. Yeah, absolutely. Champions Week started today, and the creme de la creme. Rose, Rose to the top. Um, the players coming in in Group C as well. That's tough. The four third places, as they've been called. It's just like, yeah, good luck with that one. Um, yeah, it's, but it's 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 another it's another um, nice week compared to what we had last week. Last week was just was just uh, yeah. top draw, and then looking looking at this week, time to pan out. And how it started today, it's certainly going to be a fun, fun week in perfect preparation for next week's anti starting and a perfect finale for a year that you've had on the uh, live league. Yeah, I can't remember who asked the question, but someone asked about the live league returning in January. We have provisionally penciled in, this isn't set in stone, so this might change. But at the moment, the provisional first day back for the live league in January will be Monday the 17th of January after Q School. Because we obviously don't know who's going to get cards and, and X, Y, and Z. So provisionally Monday the 17th is the first one back. Uh, James, that's a good question. Does Fallon do stage one or is he in stage two? Or... Is there a handout? I mean, oh, is he determined to set me off? <laughs> <laughs> Commercially, if it makes sense, Gob, it makes sense. Commercially, it makes sense for us to charge everybody watching to listen to us chat nonsense, but we don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to. However, don't you don't get a People private mansion. You don't get a private mansion in Antigua for not making commercial sense. We'll Still trying to wind <laughs> him up. Hey, maybe just never. The sport is bigger than Barry Hearn's back pocket nowadays. Barry Hearn doesn't mean so. I was going to say, yeah, you, you tell Barry that. Give up. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes of question time. Um, yeah, we are. I think we're going to open the chat room up, so get your questions in now as well. Um, a week in thoughts. Have we missed anything else? Don't think so. 
Um, just, just quickly, Mace says there'd be a player's revolt. Do you remember the last time the players tried to revolt? I can't remember if it was in Milton Keynes or Barnsley, but they were unhappy. So Barry sat them all down. This is before a pro tour. Got up in front of them and along the lines of, if you don't like it, you know where the effing door is. Go back to the other organisation. People players are bigger nowadays, mate. We'll see. <laughs> that was that, that 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 was the um the one he he gave. Oh yeah, Rose said yeah. Dimitri is now a father. We saw on his Instagram. Uh, I think his um, other half's called Eva. Um, gave birth to a little girl. So well done. Yeah, I'm happy. Well yeah, done. Just Congratulations. Um, yeah, live league returns um, after 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 Q school. Um, Tommy, I don't know is the honest answer. It is set play, and it will be a group former and then knockout. That is it. Is that what that it? is all we know? So it's going to be based on the first WDC World Championship. I believe so. Cool. Yeah. So, right, question time it is then, boys. Get them in. We have got 15, 20 minutes or so to answer your questions and just waffle random darting nonsense. Wine got up as always. And remember, make sure you drop us a like as well. And anyone that hasn't, I'm looking at all of you in the chat room, every single one of you, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do, because we are only... Was under 300 subs away from 18k, which is mental, boys. Do you remember we were, we were trying to get to 10k? Yeah, which feels like feels like last week. How quick that yeah. number has just shoved up his. Oh, we also celebrated 17k on stream just over a week ago. But it was a week yeah. ago, and it's just flown up. Yeah, so to get us there, look, we'd love to be on 20k by the end of the world. That is the goal, the ambition, and there's plenty going on. Literally, for the next eight weeks, we are stacked. Oh, I'm going to answer one question as well. I didn't get it on camera, but we are going to do it in the next sit-down interview. We'll answer it, but I'll think. MVG answered the question about if he could change one dart in his career. Chat you're going to ask it again and get it on camera. Don't tell us the answer. Well, no, because he can explain it then. But what do you think it was? I don't think it's anything that we've sat and spoke about then. I think it's something and he said way it straight away without even thinking. As soon as I asked him the question, he knew it like that. That's the back line. What's that? Lisa, back to back nine. It was one that I said, not the back to back nine, but I did put it into the conversation. Rob Cross. No. 
record average? 2013. The dart at double 16 to go 5 2 up against Bill Taylor in the final. And he said it straight away. That was the one dart he changed. Because he said at 5 2. Bill Taylor, the GOAT, still reigns supreme, Philip. He doesn't win. Doesn't win 16 world titles. Michael wins his first. And he said the thing that annoys him more than anything, he'd never beat Phil at the World Championships. And that would have done it. So it was the dart at double 16 to go 5 2 up against Phil Taylor. Which also means every time we have the debate, Phil's got him. Because <laughs> I reiterate, the only place. Van Gerwen has a better head-to-head record against Phil Taylor is the Premier League. Well, it's the second most important tournament, so that's not bad. Oh, give over. <laughs> it's, the mo- it's, the most important, it's the most important invitational title, isn't it? It's part of the Triple Crown God. That's how it works, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't exist <laughs> We've got some proper questions. Will the crowd boo Steve Beaton at Ali Pali? They better bloody not do Maliki, or I'll attack every single one of them with a machete. Steve Beaton is a legend and should be treated as such. However, the answer to the question is yes. Yeah, I think they will as well. Yeah. I don't think they should, but I think they will. Uh, there's one here from someone called The Godfather. He says, does Lee Boyce get paid to wear stupid fashion items like other TV presenters? Uh, as, as, as I was, I did respond to that one in the chat to say the details have been sent to the online darts boss. My bank details have been sent to him, but nothing's been received yet. So not at the moment. <laughs> Still waiting on payment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is that. What else have we got? Scroll back. There's some really good. Ah, I'm going to go all the way back. Henry's question. Add everyone that has played in the live league this year, playing in both world championships, who do we think will go the furthest? Great question as well. I think it will obviously be one of the ones in the WDF. Because I'm going to say it now, one of the ones that play in the live league will win Lakeside. I'll just close that page. To be fair, there's quite a few. <laughs> number one seed, the number two yeah. seed, the number three seed. Neil Duff, he's played? Yeah, yeah. Um, Number five seed, number ten seed, number twelve seed, number thirteen seed, number fourteen seed. Plus James Richardson, Dave Parletti, Connor Scott, Ben Hazel, yeah, Paul Hogan, Martin Adams, Steve Hine, Jim McEwen, Sean McDonald, Sebastian Steyer, Jared Cole. <laughs> Christ. Done all right there, haven't we? Yeah, I've probably missed a couple in there as well at some point. 
is. Have John Norman Jr. to win the um, World Championships. Am I mentally sick? Uh, yes. I mean, you said more ridiculous stuff than that, Salvador, which which says it all, mate. That's not the most ridiculous thing you've ever posted in our chat room, so. <laughs> one, one in here, Dob. I'm, I'm sending this to you and you'll know why as soon as I say the player. Do you fancy Ratoisty to win a TV title next year? Um, Will it be a different animal for two years running? I think we've seen a progression from Ratajski every year since he's been involved in the PDC. Obviously, he came in as the Winmar World Master, I think. Did he win the World Master or did he win the World Trophy? He won one of the two before he got his invite to the PDC World Championships um, and came in through that. If he does, it'll be a weekend one. It won't be a Sky one. He'll win on ITV. Um, I think that you can practice those sort of things by winning a Euro Tour. I think the Masters might come a little bit early. I think he needs a couple of Euro Tours to build up the stage game even more, get used to winning where you play three on the same day, and then go and attack something like the UK Open or the Players' Championship Finals. Yeah. You can, if you're consistently making quarterfinals and semifinals the way he is, as, as Rose said, which he, which he has done this year. Then the only real way is up. I just, I just worry at the moment that he might be the next Terry Jenkins. Maybe. I think there's, there's plenty of others in that category before you get to Christoph Ratajski. He's got to start making finals and losing them before I'm prepared to say it's the next Terry Jenkins. Well, I, I think he'll get to a TV final. I'm just not sure. Uh, Daniel, Daniel you've answered it a couple of times. So I'll give you the answer. Ryan Searle is not winning the World Championship and he's not yeah, getting in the Premier He's had a fantastic year as Ryan, so he's been solid. He, he snuck into the match play because that wasn't enough to qualify as a joking me pointed out for so long back and forward. Um <laughs> but look, he's he's just not winning the world championships. He's he's got a great demeanour, he's he's very relaxed, laid back, etc. But I just he's he's not getting to, to, Yeah, to answer that differently though. If anyone does win it, who's if anyone does win it, they are in the Premier League. I don't see Ryan Sol winning the. Uh, oh no, the there, there are a few exceptions for that. There, there are a few exceptions Ola? that Barry would change the rules for if they won the World Championship. <laughs> yeah, but one of them's already in fourth, and that is a rule that's been long-standing. So you know. Uh, yeah, that that rule can change as well. No. Um, <laughs> There are a few that he would change the rules for. Any world title pretty much puts you in fourth anyway. 
James Wade's on 4.79. Unless he makes the quarterfinals at the same time and somebody with absolutely no ranking money wins it, you're going to jump up to fourth. That's how big £500,000 is on this order of merit. Which was, I suppose that was another thing to consider earlier when we were looking at the 10 players, etc. and our bracket. A final for Michael Smith again would be £540,000. James Wade would have to lose in the semis to stay above him. Michael Smith's defending relative. Didn't, it was two years ago he lost, was it Luke Woodhouse first round? Possibly, yeah. Harry Anderson, final for him. He's pretty much anyway, though. You know I mean? Don't think there's anyone else massively out of it. Semi final for Jose would put him over James Wade with an early loss for Wade. Did. Don't do that, man. No. That 60 grand buffer is quite nice for James Wade right yeah. now. Oh, that's huge. Um, the yeah. fact that Dimitri couldn't play at the Grand Slam made it almost impossible for Wade to not be caught barring someone getting to a final. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. Michael Smith's only defending 15 grand at the Worlds this year. Not bad at all, that. That's second round, isn't it? Which is what you walked into as a seed. Yeah. Senator, if Fallon wins the World Championship, would she win Sports Personality of the Year 2022? I don't think so. And the problem with that is the vote is then so far away. Right, yeah. Because you're only voting on the winner this year during the World Championships. Yeah. She's, yeah. She, she's, more like, she's more likely to win it if she was to win the match play or Grand Prix or something like that. It gives you a few months of build-up. I'm with you on that. And also, it's too far away. isn't next year a World Cup year and an Olympic year? not Olympic year, is it? But it's a World Cup year. It's a Winter Olympic year. World Cup won't impact it, though, because the final isn't until... Good point. Is there a rugby World Cup next year as well? Not sure. I think there's a rugby World Cup next year as well. The even the even numbered years are so much more difficult for a random sport to win it. Um, Jack, I think Emma Raducanu wins it this year. Possibly, but again, that was quite a while ago. I don't know what the odds are at the minute. I haven't I haven't really looked to be honest. It's become more and more of a. Have they even announced the tech? No, not, not yet. yet because because half, the ones they, half the ones they want can't get there. Yeah. But like they wanted Fallon and Emma, Emma Raducanu to both to be there, and they're not. And I believe... Um, I tell you, give the trophy to Emma, Emma Raducanu now. She's 1-20 to 20 to win it. Okay, she's winning that. Oh, there you go. The international one's oh, interesting. 
that, that well, the, that's the, it. It's interesting. It's interesting if Lewis Hamilton wins the Formula One World Championship, which also might change Emma Raducanu's spot, by the way, because that happens next week. If he goes eight times. If I'm Max Verstappen. If, if, Lewis, if Lewis Hamilton wins the F1 World Championship, he goes close to sports personality this year. If Max Verstappen wins the F1 World Championship, he wins the international world. If I'm Max, I do a shoe I take him out on corner one. Valtteri might get to Max first. Hope so. <laughs> Let's not get involved Love in that it. one, shall we? You know something's going to happen next week. Hundred. I, I know this is a dark show, but they have to go and set boundaries before that even starts next week in a driver's briefing to say if anything underhand happens like that. Even remotely close, there will be a points deduction from current tally. Um, should darts be in the Olympics? No. I mean, it, it's, it's certainly closer right now because alcohol is no longer a banned substance under the IOC. Look, I don't think it should be, but if they're going to put things like clay pigeon shooting and archery in there, then I, then it, I think it's on par with things like that. Yeah, well, my, I don't think they should be either. Yeah, my my initial thoughts are no, but based on some of the things that we've seen uh, added each uh, However, every four years imagine, is, is ridiculous. Could, oh, yeah. could, could you imagine? I'm playing devil's advocate here, that I'm going to use an Englishman and a Scotsman that is well known. They like to practice. Could you imagine if Chizzy or Peter Wright won the gold medal? Stand on that podium, please. No, look. I, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with your comparison about clay pigeon shooting or whatever. I think the Olympics should be, unless winning an Olympic gold is the pinnacle in your sport, it shouldn't be there. Football, no. Don't I think that should be there. Basketball, football, the Americans, etc. And. Winning an Olympic gold as a dart player is never going to be the pinnacle of sport because there's no money involved in it. Difficult enough as it is and whatever else. All right, you can just add it to the tour, the way that they've added golf and that sort of thing. But look, yeah, it will, winning well, an Olympic gold will never be top of your list as a dart player. Wouldn't be top of your list, but would it be more than winning the World Cup? Of darts? Yeah. Uh, probably. You're representing your country on the biggest stage ever. The World Cup, the, the so, audience of the World Cup of Arts compared to the Olympics that you might then sneak into on a BBC bit of coverage. You, you're 100% going to get coverage somewhere Yeah. at that point. The Olympics is the I, biggest I guess, sporting stage in the world. So, yes, it, it would mean something, but it's, it's not the pinnacle of your sport because you're half a million pound better off yeah. for Barry Hearn's Christmas party in Muswell Hill. I guess also... One that would come up as we've seen in like boxing is would it be professionals or would it be amateurs who would be competing at the Olympics? Well, the other thing has always it been that it would be dependent on if the if the PDC would get involved in that to then allow that to happen. So the PDC aren't the recognised governing body by the IOC, as far as I'm aware. That has always been the WDF. Let you tell Barry that. Look, Barry Hearn can think what he wants about that, but in terms of IOC recognition, the highest level of recognition as a governing body, 
the PDC don't exist as a governing body. They exist as a corporation that put on events. They can make whatever rules they want, but they are not a governing body. They don't have the grassroots. The WDF are recognized as the governing body for darts globally because they cover everybody. So you'd miss out on the top PDC boys being there, which at that point, potentially, if you see them sneaking in, it is more of a global game. But I just don't see the WDF pushing for it when they're trying to launch their own world championship and, and everything else alongside it and, and get their tour back up and running and repair their name almost after the whole BDO fast for the last 25 years or last 10, 15 years would be fine. I just don't see it being a name of them. I don't see it being a name of the IOC. I think that area of sport is still largely snobbish towards darts you, you put his darts a sport on social media and you're gonna half the comments gonna be no it's a pub game played by fat blokes they've not been drinking on stage for 25 years and you still get that response by people that just aren't interested so yeah it's, it's not a sport oh. right everyone what an absolute show it has been. We've gone into overtime on the live week. We're in Fergie time, as Boise would call it. Uh, next week's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have a look back on the entire year, the key moments of the year. We're also going to get the team, a whole team involved. They're going to film their World Championship predictions as well. So plenty on that. Next few days, we have got interviews galore coming out for you. I think there's, is there 11 or 12 in the back end, Gob, waiting to go? There are 12 interviews that all need to be on our webs, on our YouTube channel at least a day before the World Championship start because every single one of them makes a reference towards that. So Including a couple of days are going to double up. From our very own Chris Mason who's in the chat. That will be out as well. We've got Michael. I also um, have three of the World Seniors vlog release as well. I need to finish editing that one. There's still a bit yeah. to be done on that. So but yeah, but three years. Of course, yep. Champions Week continues tomorrow, 9.30. Day two of Group A. Cannot wait for that. What an unbelievable show it's been. Thank you very much for your continued support this year. We have one live lounge left of 2021, and it is going to be a belter. Plenty of world's content for you as well. We cannot wait. Thank you for your support. We have been on Nine Darts. This has been a live lounge. Phil Bars, Jack Gobby Garwood, Lee Boy signing off for the night. But we will see you all very, very soon.